hit record. Okay. Uh, hey, so it should be recording. Uh, that's that's what it tells me it's doing is recording. So anyway, thanks for hopping on. Um, no, yeah, not at all. Of course. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to do any intros or anything. Uh, this is Ink Studs. Uh, I'm not Robin McConnell. I am Sam Marks. Uh, here with Michael DeForge. How's it going, Michael? Uh, it's going good. <laughs> cool. Uh, so my understanding of this is that you are promoting Sticks Angelica uh, out by DNQ. I think it's like out tomorrow officially, is or this week or something. Uh, yeah, it came out last week, and then okay. I'm going on tour for it on Wednesday. Cool. So uh, I got my copy on Saturday. Uh, I unfortunately only had only had time to read about a quarter of it. So um, it doesn't get gonna... any better. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I think that, you know, this conversation was born out of, uh, presumably, you had a tweet where you said essentially nobody has asked you about Magic the Gathering in any of your Six Angelica uh, promotional, you know, interviews or anything like that. Um, and so Robin reached out to me and was like, hey, Sam, do you want to talk to Michael about Magic? And uh, I was like, hell yeah, I want to talk about Magic. And uh, I think my understanding is you wanted to talk about Magic. So um, we can... You know, talk about comics as much as you want, but really, pretty much all my questions are about magic. So let's, um, let's just talk magic. I feel like both of us could talk about magic all day. So, so let's, let's just you know, we let's can talk, talk magic anytime. But yeah, magic—that's something. Magic. Well, this is a really important time because uh, Modern Masters 2017 came out on Friday. Um, have you gotten to draft any Modern Masters or open any packs or anything like that? No, not yet. I've been too busy, uh, basically like gearing up for the tour. Um, and like, I just, I had a book launch in Montreal on Thursday and I got in on the Friday. So I was like planning to, to draft. Um, but I don't know if I'll have time to do it in person. I might have to wait. I'm hoping on the tour, maybe I can like, like just find a store and find a draft. But, uh, I assume I might be doing most of the modern masters drafting online. Did you, did you make it out to a draft? Any of the release stuff? Yeah, we actually, uh, I bought a box and then a friend bought a box um, and we did, uh, I have not opened mine yet. It's sitting there staring at me, uh, taunting me. But yeah, we did a we did a draft on Saturday at my friend's house. Um, I drafted Naya Agro, which um, I'm not really a, like an aggro player typically. And uh, we can talk about more about formats and, you know, play styles in a minute. But uh, yeah, uh, drafted Naya Agro, pack one, pick one, scavenging ooze, and just kind of went that way it was it was fine um not, so you know, that's niagara there it's kind of like the go wide tokens in this yeah set? okay yeah go wide tokens uh you know there's a lot of like green white populate going on uh if you get the right pieces for it um blood rush is back so like if you get a gore clan rampager and you're playing naya um you're doing something right but yeah. um yeah no it was okay but you know i went one and two with our friends uh i will say man the the removal in this set is unreal um, there is so much good removal and, um, you know, it's just, if you're playing creature strategies, I mean, which, you know, obviously a lot of folks are, you know, mm -hmm. you will get punished. Uh, I mean, path to exile terminate, uh, are both that uncommon. Um, I mean, there, there's so much removal, but, um, that said, you know, it was fine. We opened a foil blood moon, which I traded for. So now I own a foil blood moon. Pretty happy about oh, that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we did, a, I did a, uh, drafted my store yesterday and I went totally opposite. I did a uh, Grixis control. Uh, mm -hmm. I got to cast 
uh, six uh, mystical teachings in a game. Um, turns out not the way to win the game, but it, I just love, yeah, I don't know, I'm a blue player. so. Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> this is like one of my all-time favorite cards. That's just like, yeah. I imagine I'm going to try to force like blue-black spells every single draft. So Yeah. Yeah, my pack one pick one yesterday was a foil Inquisition of Kozilek. So I was like, all right, yep, yeah, cool, let's do this. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah, your opponent really gets weirded out when you're mystical teachings for mystical teachings. Um, but anyway, so uh, so so talk about Magic Online. So do you play a lot of Magic Online then? Is that kind of the case? Yeah, I, I used to play more in paper, but um, this this past year, I've been like a little too busy to go to paper tournaments as much. Um, like barely at all. Like I think I used to go to like modern uh, once or twice a week and then do a bit of drafts and uh, on top of that. But lately um, I've been too busy and Magic Online like isn't ideal. It's like a pretty crappy interface, but uh, it's very convenient to do leagues there. So um, I sold a portion of my paper. Basically I sold like most of my paper collection that wasn't just like blue decks and um, <laughs> uh, just to buy uh, buy. At first, I was on Burn online, and now I'm just on like Grixis Delver online, pretty much. Cool. Uh, so yeah, I mean Grixis Delver. So uh, you know, we can hop around. Uh, I don't need to stick to my my potential script. So great. Uh, so it sounds like you're you're a control player at heart. Is is that kind of your approach to it, or you just uh, what is your kind of ethos of deck building and what kind of cards you want to play and what kind of decks you want to play? Yeah, I'm definitely like at heart a blue player like i've played a lot of aggro decks i used to play in modern i used to play like uh one of the early iterations of death shadow aggro back uh back during like the twin days i like i was jamming that a lot and um i played it a little bit um during during and post eldrazi winter and uh i play like kiki cord toolbox stuff too but um uh, for the most part, I really just like blue strategies. I like reactive strategies. In Popper, I play like mono blue Delver, and I play mystical teachings, and I play that sort of new blue black blink control thing. Like I really just like all I ever want to do is just counter spells and draw cards. Yeah, I uh, I've I've told this to people before, um, and I'm I'm sure a lot of people share the sentiment. Maybe you do. Uh, I you know I, if I'm drawing cards, I'm happy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, you mentioned Popper. Uh, are you? I guess given the, the the online availability of Popper, is that something you play a lot, or is it mostly modern, or what? What kind of? How do you split that? Uh, how do you split your time there? Um, it's it, for for a while it was like half and half. Right now I'm mostly modern, just because uh, with the recent bannings, the meta game's shaken up enough that like I'm pretty interested in it again. Um, mm -hmm. And trying to like optimize and figure out what the best decks are and how to play them uh and then i gravitate back to popper during times when i'm like a little sick of modern which was like at the height of dredge or at the height of eldrazi and it felt really like playing a lot of the same decks and getting cheesed out by a lot of the same strategies i was getting a little tired so then i'll basically i'll, I'll when i get sick of one format uh I'll gravitate towards the other. Like, Popper wasn't amazing when it was all, uh, what was that stupid combo? <laughs> Drake or, or Cloud of yeah. Fairies. 
I definitely wasn't thrilled when that was like three out of every five matches in the league. Yeah. What? Wait. So what? What? What are your modern or popper decks right now? So actually, um, I play my my. I'm gonna out myself here. I'm a commander player. Uh, that's yeah. Uh, commander is kind of my my go to, and then draft. Um, we have a exception. I I lucked out like a mother. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on here. Um. I, yeah. I looked at we we have a, a really amazing cube group. We rotate about three to four cubes. There's a power cube. There's uh, two different legacy cubes. Uh, I have an invasion block cube. Um, so we really we cube a lot. We draft a lot. Um, as far as modern, um, my one modern deck that I have fully built is eight rack. Uh, I built it about two years ago, and the meta, um, I, I you know it, it's. You had mentioned shakeups in the meta. Like maybe I can pull that deck out again. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. I can play eight rack for a minute. Uh, MTG Goldfish they had a thing about like uh, smallpox and modern is coming back. So I was like, oh, huh. Um, yeah, it, it's one of those decks where the matchups are either unbelievable or abysmal. Um, you you know, when you're playing dredge and you're asking, you know, you're making people discard. You're like, oh, by the way, I'm going to help your deck run faster. Um, it yeah. feels really. It's a real feel bad. Um, that said, uh, I, I tried to get into Popper a little bit. Uh, there's no local support for it here, and I don't play online. Um, so that was kind of a big uh, setback for me. But we actually, um, again, my playgroup, you know, there's Portland, Oregon. I mean, it's nuts. And I, I imagine Toronto is the same. Like, you guys have head-to-head, and um, the other one that I went to, what's the other shop there? Oh, yeah, we have ANC face-to-face and 401, which are all pretty good. Yeah, 401 I think I went to, but... Um, yeah, really impressive. But uh, we actually have enough people that we built. Uh, we did a budget. We have a budget modern league. It's eight dollar modern. So oh. uh, the entire deck list, not counting basics, has to be eight dollars or less on TCG lows. Uh, so whatever the lowest, it does require a little bit of work because you do need to kind of like keep up on your prices. But um, you can build some really gnarly decks. Um, it's not like Popper in the sense that you can play jank rares um, and things that are just like. I, I play Grix's Cruel Control in Eight Dollar Modern, and um, it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Casting Cruel Ultimatum is probably one of the best things you can do in Magic. I think I've I've been wanting to cast a Cruel Ultimatum. I was watching like an old video of Luis Scott Vargas and um, Gabriel Nassif playing. I think it's like the two thousand nine Kyoto Pro Tour, and it was like a standard where Vargas was on like black white tokens, and Nassif was on like five color cruel control and it had four cruel ultimatums and four esper charms and i just thought like that seems like the best thing to be doing in like, <laughs> magic it was like just casting casting those spells on curve oh my god that is amazing yeah uh cruel ultimatum in modern masters 2017 so you can do oh. it you can jam it um i think you kind of got to go like pack one pick one for that but um yeah <laughs> yeah Get every signet and just pull off. I I will definitely force that every time I see it in a pack. Yeah, yeah. we uh we had a joke that my friend was like, I'm just gonna pack one, pick one Olivia Valderin and uh, play Olivia. And I was like, you can't say what card you're gonna play. And you know, when you're drafting, it is definitely kind of difficult when you're like, well, I know this is what I like to play, but this is what I, you know, this is what the cards are telling me. Um, but lo and behold, pack one, pick one. He pulled an Olivia and he did it. So. Made it happen. I got the I get the impression this is a lot more like cube than just a regular, yeah. even more than some of the other master sets. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, it's. I mean, it's obviously a lot of return to Ravnica block, um, but and Innistrad block, of course. But 
Yeah, it, it's just very powerful cards. They downshifted a few rares and things like that that are just really good. Um, and Or, you know, even utility things. Like Mortician Beetle was a rare downshifted to a common. And you're oh. like, okay, yeah, that's a 1-1 one, one for 1. But then when you've got 5 or 6 sack outlets in the format um, that at common, it's it's it kind of gets out of hand pretty quick. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited for all the weird synergies. That's like... That's certainly a thing I like about Cube a lot. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to get more people, I'm trying to teach more people magic here so that I'll have enough people to always be drafting cubes all the time. But, yeah. Do you have a cube? Uh, I do, but I rarely get a chance to use it just because like um, uh, there's only a few people who uh, I know like within kind of the comic scene here or comics adjacent scene here uh, who know how to play or know how to play proficiently enough that um cube isn't just completely nonsensical to them uh mm -hmm. so i'm like slowly teaching more and more people uh mostly so i can put the cube to use more <laughs> yeah it's it's an investment um even you know putting together oh i i realize like people are listening to us and they're like what the hell is a cube uh, uh a cube essentially uh do you want to explain it <laughs> or oh no you i was just gonna say uh we i wasn't sure like are we doing like an intro to magic or are we gonna just gonna like go go deep with let's this go stuff? deep no yeah. deep. Uh, I, I will, just for reference, uh, Cube, essentially we're, we've been talking about drafting. Um, if you want to go draft at your store, you're probably going to be buying packs and opening packs and playing with those cards. Uh, cube is essentially somebody saying, here's all the cards that we're going to draft with and go. So that, that's my intro. That's that's Cube. <laughs> the yeah, I think that's a good summation of Cube. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet, yeah. Um, so what kind of Cube do you have? Is it just kind of cards you like is it powered legacy modern i mean what's the yeah it's is... not powered it's um uh it's i guess it's kind of akin to a legacy cube though so there's there's a few there's some broken things you can do in it um but you can also like just build a pretty good fair deck i think too so it's mostly just like cards and synergies i like and um yeah so i think it's like pretty akin to legacy cube it probably actually has a lot in common with the the most recent uh, Moto Legacy Cube, but mm -hmm. uh, with Mana Rocks. I was kind of annoyed last time they, they didn't have Mana Rocks. So yeah. just, yeah. just so I can draft control all the time, I put <laughs> the signets in. Uh, are you just going to, are you that guy that casts upheaval on turn four? Um, there's, yeah, there's some upheavals. There's a lot of, I'm, I'm sort of like, I don't like, they're cards that I think are fun, but if enough people play with it and are like, I do not like being mind twisted all the time. Like I will take some. Oh, I love mind twisting people. That's uh, some of my favorite. You know, I I realize that a lot of like my favorite strategies and synergies are cards that some people do hate playing against. Like, like who who doesn't love an opposition? And then the answer is actually a lot of people. So, yeah. uh, or like a wildfire or something. So. <laughs> yeah, we did a we did a legacy cube uh, here two weeks ago, and I. Turn two, him to Turok. Turn three, mind twist. Turn four, snapcaster into him to Turok. Uh, and then at some point I had mimic that with a fulminator mage under it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. I'm that guy. You're, um, <laughs> you're, it's kind of like you're playing uh, an eight rack type deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like to do that. I'm, uh, I don't know. But yeah, our cube, uh, our, or our cubes, I should say, you know, there's a lot of fun degenerate things you can do. Um, but I've been, you know, sometimes I get burned on that stuff. I had a, I was so proud of myself. I had a turn three progenitus and then my opponent just turned four upheavaled 
I was like, oh, cool. Uh, now this card's dead forever in my hand. Yeah. Um, so I, I've, I've been burned. I've been burned. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Cube is cool because, like, you know, recent design philosophy affects standard to a huge amount. And I, I go in and out of playing standard. And I, um, uh, and it reflects modern to a certain degree, too, in terms of, like, the types of strategies that get powered. And, like, uh, there's a type of broken magic that I really enjoy that, uh, I can't really afford like to play vintage or legacy. Um, so yeah, it's like, if I can't cube it, I'm probably not going to play with some of these like funny broken interactions. Cause they're just so far from the type of magic wizards wants to support and encourage and like current design philosophies. So, um, yeah, I like doing broken stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, that's actually a good question, uh, that kind of sidetracks with what we were talking about with, you know, playing different, uh, formats based on when you're bored of it. Uh, it seems like the general consensus is that standard sucks right now. Um, do you feel that way? <laughs> like, how do you feel about standard right now? Have you played yeah, any? <laughs> I set out this current rotation just because it does look pretty miserable. Like, um, it's, it's too bad because, like, four-color value combo twin kind of fellow dark guardian thing. <laughs> normally the type of deck I'd like to play, but a two-deck format seems pretty boring. I played last standard, and... Um, I was playing uh, Dynavolt Tower, like blue-red oh, Dynavolt yeah. Tower, uh, and it felt great, but it definitely felt like I was playing with, I was like playing with a nerf gun while everyone else had machine guns, because everyone else was playing um, the blue-white flash deck and the green-black delirium deck, and the fact that like it's been a few rotations in a row right now, where it's just two or three very powerful decks, and then a bunch of strategies that are just like way underpowered in comparison is kind of a bummer. I, I hope it changes a little. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I feel, yeah, I feel the same way. I, I'm not, I have a friend who plays Mardu vehicles and he says he's never felt in more tune with a deck. Like he really loves to play it, mm -hmm. but also recognizes that you're either playing other Mardu vehicles decks or you're playing, you know, snake decks or you're playing, you know, copycat, um, so I don't know. I, I was all, I also played in this previous before this rotation, and uh, I you know I, I love the jank. I'm a you know I, I I really do love doing stupid things. So I was playing five color panharmonicon. Oh, um, nice. yeah. And and with reflector mage, that deck was a house. Um, yeah. You had a really good turn three play. You could flicker it. You could do all sorts of stuff. I mean, but when that got banned, um, and then just the recent rotation, I think with snake. In Rishkar um, and Walking Ballista, it, it was really unviable. I tried to play it a little bit, you know, made some tweaks. I actually put a cat in it, you know, the copycat combo in the the deck, but um, mm -hmm. too slow. It's it's a you got to either be locking down the board really hard or just vomiting out creatures at an insane pace. So yeah, like um, the one drops and two drops this rotation are just like so so pushed. I was even thinking like you know disallow that would normally be one of the better counter spells they've given blue players for a while, but it's like, what are you countering that even matters? Like you're just dying to the card they played on turn two. So many, so many games in a row. So yeah, because it, a lot of good jank in standard right now that I wish was a little more viable, like paradoxical outcome. Is that the name of that weird card? Yes. Yes. That, that is a good card. Oh, paradox. Oh, there's paradoxical outcome. It's paradox engine. Oh um, yeah. I mean, those two together actually are very good. Um, 
And like Panharmonicon. I, I love Panharmonicon, so. <laughs> yeah, that card is sweet. Even like a lot of the good fair cards, like uh, it's funny how pushed everything is that like even Gifted Etherborn and like Drina can't really see play because like those would normally be pretty powerful cards, but they seem just like so outclassed by by everything else right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it also has impacted draft and, and sealed. I actually played a lot of sealed for this for Aether Revolt because we went down to Grand Prix San Jose, which was a sealed GP, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like it was like, oh, you have a snake or you don't, and that's well, kind of like how your how your sealed pool or how your draft you know is summed up, <laughs> which is kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, that's too bad because I, I did draft a little bit of Kaladesh. I haven't. Dra- I only did one sealed for the pre-release for the new set, but uh, I did appreciate how in the Kaladesh draft, like you could draft very aggressive decks, but um, you could also draft a lot of like weird nonsense stuff. Uh, so it's too bad if the nonsense got a little pushed out this time around. Oh, definitely. So we'll see about Amonkhet though. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Do, do you have any? I guess what do you what do you want to see like out of like an ideal standard environment or just like sets moving forward? Um, like what kind of things would you ideally want to be playing with, or what kind of mechanics or what kind of uh, just typical play styles, design spaces would you want to be seeing moving forward? Uh, I just like the idea of a diverse standard. You know, like I'm okay if there are some rotations where where control is a little worse, or some rotations where aggro or is, is a little worse but right now like it, a few people have pointed it out there is such an emphasis on like mid-range cards um just kind of like big clunky four mana planeswalkers like i'm very sick of gideon i'm very excited <laughs> in, like a year for that thing to rotate out and like uh yeah i i i like winning with like big dudes sometimes but uh I, I like a diversity of strategies, you know. I don't I don't want to just play a collection of the best cards, you know. I, I like sometimes winning with weird synergies. So if there's support for kind of weird, yeah, like weird janky stuff, stuff like Grixis Improvise, or um, if it's a little easier to play, yeah, like Temur, All Spells, uh, uh, Tower, that would be cool. Or like if Cheerios was viable. Just like something else other than just, Pay, like playing just jamming dudes into each other would be cool i think that's that's my ideal standard and it's my it's my ideal modern too is just like a diversity of strategies i like grindy games but i would hate it if i was only coming up against grindy decks and same with aggro i like aggro but it would be a bummer if i was only playing like bushwhacker zoo and dredge every single modern game you know yeah i i find that yeah absolutely uh, though I will say that I wish less people or fewer people played Tron. Uh, Tron is uh, at least around here. Tron is kind of like the go-to modern deck. And, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's it can be abysmal in certain matchups. Uh, Tron is like I that has been the one. Yeah, you know, like I, I can't tell yet if um, Death Shadow Jund is like a little too dominant or not. But the fact that it's decreased Tron's meta share online has been very helpful for me as. I tend to play decks that like fold the Tron. It lets my like blue white control and Grixis decks give them a little breathing room if I don't if I know I don't have to like come up across that all the time. Yeah, yeah Tron is uh, an unpleasant unpleasant games. <laughs> Though I will say I am very happy that I traded into some Carns in January and 
Oh, did they have Spike recently? Yeah, because they weren't reprinted in Modern Masters 3, so I think they're about 70 right now. Oh, that makes sense. I regretted, because uh, I, I sold out of all my Death Shadow cards when everything was spiking, like at the height of its popularity pre-bannings, too, and I kind of thought, like, Mishra's Bobble, that's not going to go higher than, like, $25. Like, Why would it? <laughs> yeah, right. But... <laughs> and then seeing it, I sold them all and seeing them spike a little more, and I was like, well, maybe I... I should have held on a little bit longer. Yeah, well, I, I pulled a foil Death Shadow in my Modern Masters draft, so uh, if you need it, I'll, I'll trade you for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that actually is one of those things I think that every person that has played Magic, period, can relate to, which is the, I sold my card and I'm an idiot. Or, you know, I traded this away and I feel horrible. Um it's definitely one of those games that likes to make you feel bad about doing it. <laughs> yeah, and I really, it's like my least favorite aspect of the game is I'm suddenly like paying attention to price spikes and stuff. And it's like, oh, I don't want to treat this like, I like I, I don't I don't want to have to feel like I'm watching a stock market. And like when I, I, I'm sure most Magic players can relate to this. You can talk to other Magic players about how much you've spent on the game. Um and if you talk to a non-magic player about it, like you sound like a psychopath. It's like, why would you, why would you do that? Yeah, I remember when I got back into it. Uh, I played, I played a long, I played like Ice Age through Onslaught, and mm-hmm. then got back into it around Theros. And I remember getting back in and saying essentially to myself, "I will never ever spend more than five dollars on a card." And then, flash forward, you know, four or five months later, I'm like. Oh yeah, play set of ensnaring bridges like a hundred bucks. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. Um, so uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely me too. It was even just I think every magic player makes that deal with themselves, or they're like, like, who cares? Why would I need like like why would I be spending this much money on like a mana base? You know, like mm-hmm. lanes should be cheap. I'll never. And then yeah, you just find yourself like making concession after concession, and then you think like well, I've completely fallen into this hole and I've somehow wound up with like a play set of scalding tarns and uh, just, just got away from me, you know? Yeah. Um, so I guess one of my questions, uh, I, I kind of alluded to it, but, uh, you know, you're obviously the why we're here to talk about this. How did you get into Magic? When did you start playing? Uh, it's funny, this most recent iteration of my obsession is like pretty recent, <laughs> it's like two years old. Uh, I started playing as a kid, um... And I kind of had the problem of, as a kid, I couldn't afford any of the good cards. So I just had, like, kind of cool decks that I made. Um, but none of the other kids in school really liked playing. So I would try to go to the odd tournament, and I'd show up at the tournament and just be completely outclassed. And I had no idea even, like, what formats were and um, different deck-building restrictions. I was just playing, like five color cards that I happened to open in packs and um, getting smashed. And I thought like, there's no, there's no way I could even spend like, like $20 to build a deck, you know, like to mm-hmm. uh, optimize deck. Um, so I kind of fell out of it. I like played a little bit. Um, and then uh, recently it was Patrick Kyle who got me back into it. <laughs> I uh, went to San Diego Comic-Con uh, with him. And there wasn't a lot for us to do at Comic-Con. Like, you know, I'm not deep into the lineups and, uh, like, going to a 
panel about Firefly or whatever. Um, so after like a day or two, it felt like, all right, I've seen as much of the spectacle as I can see. And Patrick started doing some drafts and he always has been like coming in and out of uh, magic and coming in and out of playing um, modern uh, for a little while. Uh, and I was watching him draft, just thinking like, oh, this will be fun. I'll see if I can like catch up on the old rules. And as, as soon as I was watching him, I was like, I am about to get obsessed with this stupid game. <laughs> and I think like that night at the hotel room, I was like looking up, looking up archetypes that were in standard at the time. And uh, I really liked the way uh, the Enchantress decks looked in standard. Like even though it was like a pretty tier two strategy, I was like, this looks cool. You know, get to. Uh, have all these funny synergies and draw cards. And then I started buying all the cheap cards for it. I, I just started like slowly finding myself slipping back into to wanting to play constructed formats. And, um, and as soon as I started doing that, I started optimizing the deck. So I, it's mostly Patrick. I, I blame him completely. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I think that's, I, th- I, I, I mean, I, I think we're the same age and <laughs> actually I know we're the same age because I read your bio. Um, okay. <laughs> Creepy. Uh, but yeah, um, and, and I think people, you know, around our age, that is such a typical story is I played when I was a kid, couldn't afford it. Um, and then I got back into it when I was bored or had a little bit more money or more energy for it or whatever that may be. Um, and yeah, I, I always regret, you know, getting rid of the cards that I had when I was a kid, um, even though I know, you know in retrospect, most of it was bulk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, save, you know, the one or two, like, I, know, I think I had a Mox Diamond at one point, but I was like, you have to sacrifice a land or discard it. That's dumb. Why yeah. would I want to do that? Um, so I did, yeah. And you get out of it and you, you just, you miss it and it's a little bit of nostalgia, but it's also for me, at least, um, it's, it's a really nice thing to do. Uh, it's a good mental exercise, you know, it has, it's a strategy game. There's a bit of luck involved, so it kind of hits that like gambling button a little bit. Also, opening packs does that, of course. Um, there's you know a little bit of math involved, so I feel like I am actually using some like basic arithmetic on a regular basis. Um, and I get to hang out with my friends and and do cool shit and drink beer and, and be with people. But um, yeah, I wish I could just go back in time and see what cards I had and and play with those cards and. Um, I actually got out of it when I was like 14 because somebody, I had built this, a really nasty, again, very similar, like, uh, no, no format in mind kind of, you know, kitchen table deck or whatever, but, uh, it was pretty much like four, it was Armageddon central, like every iteration of mass land destruction possible. Um, and, uh, I was like somewhere and somebody stole it and I was like, Oh, that's $300. I'm 14. I can't afford that shit ever again. I'm done. Um, so. Yeah, I. It, it's a bummer how inaccessible it can feel if you want to play. Like it's just it, if you play casually in kitchen table, there's that weird thing of like having to have this agreed upon thing with your friends about like what is fun and what is viable and how much everyone's going to spend. And then if you want to play, if you like, if you want to play as a kid, then show up at a store like. It probably means you're going to have to spend a lot of money. And it, it uh, it's a bummer that that would be like a barrier. Um, Cause yeah, I, and I missed, I missed all my old cards. Like uh, I missed the old art. I found myself like trying to rebuy old basic lands and like looking at all these old basic lands and figuring out what set they would have been. Um, oh, I do that. It's, it's, it's a horrible money pit. 
don't do oh. it. Uh, uh, yeah, I uh, I have a mono blue and a mono green commander deck, and I just went nuts on seventh uh, edition basics, like uh, also for the, for the white built border tilt factor. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just like I will buy up old basics, like Mirage basics, Urza's basics. Oh, the um, Urza's basics are like they're like the cream of the crop. They're like yeah. the uh, if you're not getting like arena lands or euro lands or whatever, Urza's basics I think are as, like as good as you can do. They're so beautiful. <laughs> oh yeah, and for my invasion cube, I was like, well, I can't have an invasion block cube without invasion lands. Um, oh yeah, and, and there's that one John Avon Forest, and they're fifty cents a piece, and you need forty of them for your cube. So it's like, all right, <laughs> cool, that's twenty bucks on one basic. For yeah, one- <laughs> definitely like. As, as, you know, we're both comics guys, and I think most comics people have that weird completionist comic collecting factor thing, too, and it it triggers that part of the brain pretty pretty hard. Well, and also, I mean, you're as an, you know, somebody, again, as comics people, we, we care about art, and the art is important part of the game to a lot of folks. And so when you see somebody that has mismatched basics or whatever, you're like, what are you doing? Unless so, it's like intentional, but um, it's it can be tilting to lose to uh to to the mismatch basics <laughs> <laughs> or the mismatch like uh you know I don't I don't I guess people take it seriously. I was gonna say like a mismatch like goif or something um in modern, but I think people who own goifs care enough about having them match, um, maybe. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean. If you're if you're buying it, you're choosing. I think which goifs you're using. It's yeah, like I I I put a lot of care into making sure. Like all right, I'm using the good mana leaks. I uh, using the good lightning bolts. Good birds of paradise. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I I stocked up on I don't know thirty copies of Urza Saga Duress because I was like, if I'm ever gonna play Duress, this is the only Duress I will play. Oh um, definitely, yeah. I'm already. <laughs> Kind of the, the most exciting thing about the new Modern Masters is I actually do do like the new Serum Visions art more than the other Serum Visions. Oh, uh, and, yeah. I think that's that's the general consensus. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, well, I guess I need like 12 of these because I have so many Serum Visions decks. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I, how do you feel about the new Snapcaster art? Uh, I prefer the uh, the old one. I, I te- In general, I prefer any of the cards that have like a funny drawing of an old player. I forget this guy's. Was it Chago Chen? Is that his name? I think so. Yeah, I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I know what you're talking about. But yeah, like in general, it's like you want the John Finkel Shadow Mage Infiltrator. You want like the Kai Void Mage Prodigy, and I feel like this for the new Snapcaster. Like you, you want like the weird guy that whose head looks kind of like superimposed on a on another generic fantasy art body. Like that's just that's great. So the new the new Snapcaster is fine, but old Snapcaster that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Well, uh, are there any cards that you like? I guess we talked a little bit about certain cards that you like. Are there any cards that like you love to play? Like that is your favorite card to play, um, or <laughs> I guess alternatively, are there any cards that you just really hate seeing against? Uh, like on the opposite end of the table, uh, you men- mentioned Tron. Uh, doesn't make you happy. Is there anything like that really stands to mind that you know if anybody like comes up to you at a con and they're like, Hey Michael, I got a modern deck. Are you going to be like, fuck you if uh, you play this card? Um, this is, I mean, this might just be because I'm a blue player, uh, but I really hate cavern of souls and I don't think it's like a broken card. I don't think it's like overpowered, 
but I feel like it's just so clunky where, and I feel that way with like a lot of mechanics that are, that either say like hex proof and can't be countered, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. But Cavern just feels like a really inelegant card design. And I feel that way a lot about like anything that, um, anything that stops you from being able to interact with, with, with the card, I feel that way a little. So like anything where you can't target it, um, or yeah, it can't be countered. I just feel like that is miserable to me, um, yeah. but that might just be the blue player in me, but cavern, I think it rewards a type of, I understand that it was introduced at a time when snapcaster mana leak was like a little too dominant, but, um, it feels like it just rewards you for being able to play like a greedy mana base. Uh, I think if it was designed a little closer to Pendlehaven, it'd be a more elegant card where there's it costs you a little bit more. It maybe costs you life or you can't use it for generic mana or, yeah. or something or like, like that. Or like Beseju or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's what I... Oh, yeah, Beseju is what I meant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, just like that there's a bit more of a deck building cost to including it. So, and also a Valakut. I hate that card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Valakut is miserable. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I feel you on that. I Cavern is, is a tough card in... You're, you're saying blue player, and I'm thinking, what decks were in Cavern? Merfolk. Merfolk runs Cavern. Oh, uh, I'm only <laughs> thinking, like, right now, like, Eldrazi can be the bane of my existence. So. Yeah. Um, Eldrazi Displacer, man. When they printed that card, I, I said, this is going to be the most expensive, like, monetarily, I, I think that, or maybe, I don't know, powerful, just Eldrazi that they're going to print. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that will, you know proven to be proven to be true i think maybe thought not might be you know take that place but displacer i think is a very insane card um especially yeah. like if you're playing like you know eldrazi and taxes where you got your flicker wisp and you know you're just oh, ugh, miserable yeah i think with the eldrazi stuff it was a bummer too because i i did really i played the the processor version of the deck before um before reality smasher and thought not seer and matter reshaper and all like the lower to the ground stuff came out when it was just uh wasteland strangler oblivion sower and um blight herder mm-hmm. and i really like that because you could still kind of like get the nut draw with um uh i uh, i was like playing it in modern and uh, you could get the nut draw with like i in the drowsy temple but it still forced you to play a reasonably fair game and um relying so much on the processor mechanic made it so that you had, you had to like build your deck around it. You have to build it with like path to exiles and main deck relic of progenitus. And it was kind of just like jund with a heavier top end and it had a lot of the same weaknesses and it was weak to aggro and all these things. So you could get punished for playing it. And then I really blame, yeah, like reality smasher, thought not seer, um, Eldrazi displacer for like, ruining that as a potential archetype and just breaking it so much that there was no way that you could play like the kind of grindy fair version of it. It was just might as well just play like a super aggressive version and just slam creatures at you. Uh, and that kind of bummed me out because I like playing it in conjunction with, yeah, Thoughtseizes and Relic of Progenitus and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Oblivion Seller is one of my favorite cards in recent years. I think it's it's just sad that it hasn't found a home in standard, um, oh, yeah. or even modern. Really, I guess you know it's it is such a 
when you play that card and you you know hit a couple lands on it and you're ramping off your opponent's library, it feels really good. Plus yeah. that that eight butt. <laughs> Did you watch that Pro Tour like the Aldrazi Pro Tour basically where everyone broke it? Um, yeah. <laughs> the the match between Vargas and Frank Lepore where um Scott Vargas just like top decks an Oblivion Sower and there are so because there are so many relic activations beforehand he just steals something like 12 of Frank's lands um it just looked like so satisfying it looked amazing that's like a yeah that's like a cool card that I wish um I wish had a home but yeah I guess it doesn't what are what are your least favorite cards to come up against and and uh, your favorite ones I'm curious. Uh, yeah uh Favorite, I, I guess I'll, I'll go with uh, favorite first. I, I really like, um, I, wow, this is tough. I, I have a really big affinity, again, for kind of Urza block through Onslaught. So a lot of those cards, um, one of my, my favorite commander deck is Lawan Cephalid Empress. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that card in commander. Obviously commander, you, you definitely have to kind of grade on a different scale. Um, but also, just we'd mentioned Cruel Ultimatum. Uh, I think Cruel Ultimatum, you know, while being obscenely restrictive, is the most satisfying thing to cast. Um, when your opponent is losing life and losing creatures and losing and discarding their hand, and you're doing the opposite and drawing cards, um, it feels it feels so good. It it yeah. is really nice. Um, another strategy that I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I would say is probably one of the most controversial things to do is mill. Uh, huge, huge mill fan. You know, oh yeah. <laughs> like a like a glimpse the unthinkable is very satisfying. Uh, when they printed Sphinx's tutelage, I was like, I am putting that in every deck I can. Mm -hmm. um, oh, where it's reasonable. Um, <laughs> not just gonna jam it into my you know Naya aggro deck or whatever. But um, yeah, milling people out. The mill mechanic is fantastic to me. You know, if you can uh, mind funeral somebody or uh, you know any, anything like that. You know, even again going out to commander like a consuming aberration mm -hmm. uh, feels feels really really nice. I um, definitely when I was starting, I built like a casual deck with consuming aberration as as like a, one of the win conditions. That is a yeah. cool card. <laughs> yeah, uh, I we were doing a powered cube. Uh, draft and I my top end was Nemesis of Reason and mm -hmm. my friend was like you gotta cut that card I'm like no this is the card that will win me all my games and lo and behold I won like two matches off of it um, just because it's it's bonkers especially in limited in a cube where you I don't know if you're not running Nemesis of Reason in your cube uh, I, I might uh, recommend you do maybe <laughs> throw that one in yeah um, as far as cards I hate um, you know I try not to get too tilted about too many cards. I mm -hmm. think that uh, I've had a lot of discussions about this. I have one friend who kind of, whenever a card he doesn't like comes down, he kind of makes a stink about it. And, you know, the uh, I try to approach the game of, they printed these cards for a reason. Um, obviously, I don't love, like, stacks. Uh, you know, sure. stack is a, is a miserable card, but it has a very specific purpose. Um, or upheaval. Like, watching somebody pull it off is great. Uh, I actually don't like those cards more for the misplay or the just the kind of misunderstanding of how they're supposed to be used within the game. Not to say that like a new player shouldn't play those cards or new players suck or whatever, but rather um, something like that, you know, a stasis, like it, 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 it's a little bit, it, you need to treat it a little bit more elegantly. 
Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's like the right way to put it, but that's my kind of concept of it. So when I see a card like that being played really well, I am all for it. But seeing a card abused or played poorly um, can be frustrating. So yeah, I think that's actually the biggest argument against like more than it uh, more than either of these cards' power level about keeping um, uh, Sensei's Divining Top and uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor banned in Modern is like mm-hmm. it. I don't I, like Modern's at a place right now. Where I don't actually think either of those things would dominate the format, but so many people misplay them and play them poorly that it just like promotes a type of gameplay that I totally understand. Wizards being like, this is not, this is not something we really want to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not what we're up to. Um, yeah. Oh man, going back to Commander. Why? If somebody plays top in Commander, mm. they're just like a for me, an instant target, because it's like, you're going to take so goddamn long on your turn or on the end step before your turn. I don't have patience for this. Like, no, you die. Um. <laughs> it, it makes watching legacy coverage really hard because it's like, you're just watching people take such long turns with top. And sometimes in like early rounds, you'll see people like misplaying brainstorm and things. And it's like, this is not, this doesn't seem that fun. <laughs> I'm the first. Yeah, yeah, I'm the first person to admit I'm not sure I know how to cast brainstorm. Right, uh, I've yeah. tried, but <laughs> you know it's tough. Um, oh, definitely, yeah, it, it's We're a tough card to play. play with, you know, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, there's no cards that I find truly, truly wrong. Um, maybe I'd be happy if I don't know. I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know if you watch his videos, the Magic Man Sam. Uh, on YouTube, uh, he just he just did a video this weekend. Which, uh, if you haven't checked out his stuff, for anybody listening, if you're like interested in like magic lore or art or you know kind of storyline, he's a really great resource. Uh, but he did this whole video about the divisiveness of Thrag Tusk, and it's mm-hmm. like that card is like people love it, people hate it, people love to hate it, people hate to love it. Um, it's kind of all of the like feelings of a card in one card because. It does so many broken things, but it's also an exceptionally fair card at the same time. So yeah. um, I don't know. The stuff like that, it, it's always interesting to think about. Um, and that's why I actually, which kind of leads into my next thing I want to ask you about, like moving forward and going forward in Magic, um, it's really hard, I think, to analyze a card in a vacuum. Uh, and that's why I kind of hate like the first or second spoiler of a new set, because it's like, okay, you know, this card conceivably looks good, but is it good? Is it horrible? Um, And so I guess my question for you is, you know, moving forward, what kind of direction, obviously diverse meta for different formats is great, but is there anything that you really want to see or things you want to see them move away from uh, that, you know, for the game that you think will both make you want to play it more, but also maybe potentially grow it so more people want to play it? Um, I think actually Thagtus is an interesting card to bring up because it definitely is indicative of that design philosophy of like printing very pushed creatures, printing like very pushed threats. Um, but there have been less and less answers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like, that's, I feel like the big thing that I think would get at least more people into standard. Um, because the attraction to modern like, I sort of had the option as I was getting into it, like, um, am I going to be a standard guy or a modern guy? Um, and now I'm a little of both, but, like, at the time, it felt like I'm only going to invest time into one, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's expensive. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I was like, if I'm going to, like, 
so I, I, I drift in and out of standard, but like I'm a modern guy, and it was because uh, um, modern felt like you could it felt like the Wild West, especially with Twin, where um, it policed some of the degenerate stuff. So it's like you could play a degenerate deck, you could play a grindy mid range deck, you could play a combo deck, all these different types of uh, decks. Where standard, it felt really like um, if you weren't playing a few of these big threats, then then you couldn't. So when I see like new cards, I'm always like most attracted to stuff like uh, like Collective Brutality or Coligan's Command, where it seems like here are like versatile answer cards, um, or the janky stuff, like yeah, Paradoxical Outcome, where it's like here are uh, because yeah, like I, there's a reason I don't play. Like I've tried Hearthstone a little, and I've tried other card games, um, and I've tried other games like in the time between me initially getting into magic and me getting out of magic uh, and gum, like, or me initially getting into magic, getting out and then getting back in. And the reason none of them stick is because none of them, uh, you don't have like as much detours as you can take in magic. Like you can play so many different types of games and so many different types of strategy within magic. Like that's why the, the game has lasted a, like so long. So, and where, you know, like Hearthstone seems fun, but you can just like do less, you know, yeah, like yeah. magic can support every type of strategy, every type of player. Um, so that's all really I look for with new, with new things is just like, like what are, what's like a new combo I can use or what's like a new synergy that looks kind of interesting, you know? Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I've tried to play Hearthstone 20 times and I have friends that are like, I am I can't afford magic, but I, I can play Hearthstone. And uh, no offense to Hearthstone and no offense to Hearthstone players, but it's not the same game. It doesn't have the level of intricacy. It doesn't have um, the decision-making tree that I think magic can. Um, so that's that's why I keep coming back, and I, I totally agree with you. As long as they keep doing interesting and new things, uh, you know, more people will play, more people will want to uh, get involved. I think... One of my favorite things is watching a new set have like a handful of cards that each format is very happy about. So standard players are happy. Modern players are happy that Fatal Push was printed. Um, legacy players are happy uh, about you know Eldrazi or whatever. Um, you know vintage players can play Paradoxical Outcome and they're happy about it. So um, I think that as long as Wizards kind of keeps feeding the beast, so to speak. Um, will be good, but those push creatures, um, I, I do think it might backfire. Um, you know, we saw Emrakul. Um, you know, that that card was a f you know the face of the set, and they're like, oh, we messed that one up. Uh, that is too nasty. Um, I think that you know with Planeswalkers, it's like, I, I actually like Planeswalkers. I know like some people that played for a long time are like they're dumb, but um, I would like to see a Planeswalker that's not Gideon or a Planeswalker that's not Nissa. But yeah. print more things like Sahili Rai or even Dovinbon, who nobody plays, but he's really fun when you do play him. Um, something yeah, like that. Yeah. I, like, I think there's a lot of design space with Planeswalkers, but so many of them end up just kind of being generically good. But like, think of my favorite Planeswalkers. It's stuff like, uh, it's like the Garrick Wildspeaker ramp one or like the, the Jace Balaran draw card one. Like it's... Uh, or like the Tezzerets, like oh yeah, Tezzerets is awesome. Like our kind of build arounds are really interesting to me. But then something like yeah, like like the Gideon or the new Chandra, which are just kind of generically good. 
seem much less interesting. And it seems just like that thing where like, it's less interesting if the decks are just piles of generically good cards. Like I'm cool with Abzan and Jund and stuff like, like green black X strategies, which are just sort of like the best cards in that format. But I don't want that to be every deck and every color combination. Like I, uh, yeah. And like the, the, the push creatures, like it's, that seems the same where it's like, I'm cool for push creatures, but, uh, if you don't have good answers to that or good alternatives to playing the push creatures, all the best decks are just going to be, yeah, like winding constrictor or just the Mardu vehicles decks or what the, uh, that blue white flash deck was last rotation. Like, mm-hmm. There's no incentive to not just play the push creatures. Yeah, I think you hit on something really critical, which is answers. And, you know, I'm sure we are retreading uh, thousands upon thousands thousands of hours of actual magic podcasting or whatever, but this is a podcast about comics, so <laughs> we're fine. We can talk about it. Uh, answers are so critical. Like, I'm looking at this foil Blood Moon that I got the other day. It's like, modern needs Blood Moon. Modern needs Ensnaring Bridge. Modern needs Path and Lightning Bolt. Um, and other formats need them too. And so when you have a standard environment, it's like there's no hero's downfall in standard. That would deal with a Gideon. Like, let's just, you know, gets obviously you get a Ruinous Path, but that's Sorcerer Speed. Not as good. So, you know, I think answers are a big piece of it. And um, that breeds diversity because then you can play uh, something else. That's my uh, two cents about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting away from battle cruiser magic a little, I guess, is what everyone calls it. Um, yeah, and especially, like, that seems a little bit what Hearthstone fe- felt like to me, playing it a little, was you're just kind of playing big creatures, frequently living off off that, you know, like who can just slam, windmill slam the biggest creatures. And that's cool, but I like I like other stuff. So we're coming up on an hour. I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, was there anything else that you want to talk about, about magic or comics or magic and comics? Or, uh... Oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> about the magic comics, but it's been so long that I, I don't remember any of them. The, literally, the only thing I know about them uh, is that those, those promo foils are worth a buck or t- you know, some dollars. But that's about it. Uh, I, I've heard they're terrible. <laughs> I remember having like an old Nightmare comic. Like It was like a comic based on the card Nightmare. Oh, uh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, and like I remember thinking that was really sweet, and that's like the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I, did you ever like read the novels or anything? They used to do all these like novels uh, with the sets. Um, no, I never really got too deep into the lore. Um, I kind of like the I kind of like magic storytelling just being like hinting at a world or whatever. Like I like uh, I like that stuff, but I was never that interested in then like reading about the characters. Like I like knowing that like okay, there's, like, this one type of elf. They're Lanawar elves or whatever. But um, I never really wanted, like, to see the adventures of Izuri. (laughs) You know? Um, Like, I'm sure they're fine. Or, honestly, I'm sure they're, like, pretty poorly written. Like, I've I've delved into a little bit of the the more recent lore stuff, and it's, like, very hard to read. But, um, uh, yeah, like, that never appealed to me as much as just kind of, like, uh, the the world building type things and the the aesthetics of the old cards and the art on the old cards um, yeah, always yeah. seem more interested than the story to me. I I completely agree. And uh, as somebody who had I didn't really read them, but I was like you know 
10 or 12 and like skim the the novels of like nemesis and invasion or mercadian masks even it's like yeah you know they're they're interesting um but yeah I, i totally agree the world building is key um and the old art i mean i i feel like such like a you know fool being like back in my day uh the art was better but really they they the art you know the world building and how the art reflected what was happening in the story even if you didn't know the story but you you could get a general gist of it and it was just really nice it was um the fantasy element i know is a lot of you know kind of folks's entry into magic uh not so much the fact that it's a you know a popular strategy game but um so i i i wish they could return to that a little bit i'm sure some people can make the argument that they've been doing that a bit uh, especially with something like Kaladesh, where they're like, you know, it's a plane with artifacts and mm-hmm. things. And then Amenket, you know, we're going to have Egyptian gods. Um, but uh, it's it's not the same. Uh, no. But no. It would yeah, like, yeah <laughs> the old cards are just like, they're so great. And they had like a lot more, a lot more room to be like kind of goofy and stuff now. Like now everything has to have that pseudo realistic fantasy concept art look to it, which I get a lot of people like, but uh you know, I kind of miss like the Phil Foglio. Like, uh, yeah, I yeah. met Kaya uh, at Emerald City Comic Con a couple weeks ago. Um, oh. <clears throat> she signed my friend's Eureka, and if <laughs> you know, if you're listening, look up the art on the card Eureka. That is an awesome card art. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I want, I want a card to look like yeah, to look like Stasis again, or to look like Eureka. That that stuff's beautiful. Me and Patrick were talking recently about how like um, the art for Terror is so good, and like. Terror is a modern legal card. It's not that playable in modern because it can't kill uh, black creatures or artifact creatures. It's like strictly worse than so many other removal spells. And it's like, I just want to run this card. It looks so good. It looks <laughs> yeah. so much better than like go for the throat or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, so I guess would if you could do art for a card, what card would you redo the art on? <laughs> oh, geez. Um that's an interesting one. I'd, uh, it'd probably be some blue card, but now I'm trying to think of what it'd be. I'd like to do a good counter squall because I feel like both counter squall arts are underwhelming and I really love casting a counter squall. Definitely. That, that card spiked for, if we want to talk about money, but yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> that's anyway, I've, I've killed a few people with counter squall. Like it, it's happened very rarely, but sometimes they've been at two life and you cast it and you think, wasn't the gate i wouldn't have won and like the times that happens it's feels so good (laughs) yeah yeah for how for how much there's a bunch of feel bads in magic there's a lot of feel goods too um so i don't want to keep you for too long uh i guess for the 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 housekeeping portion of this uh you're going on tour uh where can should people just go on your website to find out tour info yeah um i'll be posting it on like social media um and it's on the drawn and quarterly website so yeah it starts in providence on wednesday and i'll be in philly cambridge new york chicago uh san francisco and berkeley and i'll be bringing decks with me so (laughs) sweet well i was gonna say if you come to portland uh we could play but uh another time another time yeah yeah Um, for you know sbx i'll definitely have all my stuff so yeah i uh i was talking with michael sweater about it online and he made up that um that spx worst decks uh thing competition so me me and patrick have had a lot of discussions about like what cards 
what cards we want to build around for that. So yeah, I'm very excited for that. Yeah. So uh, if you're coming to SPX in September, you'll see us there. Bring your worst decks. Um, I'm I'm I don't know what I'm going to build for that either. I think I might want to do like a like a lich deck. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Something like just like mono black, like pay half my life cards. Um, just see if well, I can kill myself. <laughs> while I was set on doing a squirrel deck, but um, a lot of those squirrel cards are expensive, and I know this because I bought them and then sold them again <laughs> because I yeah. bought them for a casual squirrel deck, and I was like, wow, these are kind of like pricey, and then like sold them for a while, oh, for a lot. So I was like, yeah. all right, I don't want to like rebuy deranged hermits just for this. So yeah, my 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 one kind of sob story is that when I was a kid, I had a playset of uh, foil deranged hermits, and now they are out in the ether somewhere. Oh um, yeah, that's that's like a. <laughs> That's a, one of my favorite cards. That's a great yeah. card. <laughs> so good. Well, anyway, uh, I really appreciate you hopping on with me. Uh, thanks to Robin for getting this together. Thanks to you for taking the time to chat magic. Oh, um, no, thank you. This was, I'm very happy to have such like an indulgent conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know uh, who in comics this conversation would appeal to uh, if they're not already a deep magic nerd. So I'm very happy to talk about this stuff. <laughs> Somebody's going to tweet at us and be like, you guys are fucking weird. Or they're yeah. going to say, or we're going to find somebody new. Uh, and then uh, the magic indie comics community will grow. Yeah. Like we went, we went pretty deep too. So yeah. Yeah. This, this will seem like a foreign language to some people. I'm sure. Yeah. I know I'm going to get like a message from Chris Butcher or something like being like, what the hell are you doing soon? Um, oh, yeah. I keep trying to get Chris back into it, but Chris knows how to play. Wait, no, he never told me he knows how to play. What? Oh, maybe I'm revealing some stuff that I, uh, Oh, Chris, yeah. I'm coming for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, have a good rest of your day, and uh, good luck on the tour. Uh, Sticks Angelica is out, and um, having read a quarter of it, it looks good. Um, I guess my one question actually for you about the book. I'm sorry, I'm going to talk about comics for like two seconds. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, Lisa Hannawalt knows she's in it, right? Like, that's like a... Oh, yeah, she does. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> soon as I, drew that I drew that character, and um, I didn't have a name for her yet, but it was an issue where, like, if you draw a moose in a sweater it's going to inevitably look like a bad Lisa Hannawalt drawing because, like, she is so good at drawing <laughs> moose in uh, in human clothing. Uh, so I just sort of asked her, can I just, like, name the character after you as a tribute to you and your work and the influence it's had on me? And she was uh, very generous and said she was fine with it. So, yes, cool. she is fully aware. And uh, I hope I hope she liked the character <laughs> in the end. Well, yeah. It, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to read it. Uh, big fan, but um, good to know that we can talk about magic, too. Yes, uh, yeah. anytime, anytime. Anytime. All right, well, have a good rest of your day, man, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, you too. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. -bye.
Why the conductor asked you to pay? 